For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to The Range on the Believe Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. I'm Ralph Irvin, and today we are staying grounded and locked to the ground. How do we do that? Well, with proper footwear, of course. Whether we're on turf, grass, or even ice, the right footwear is crucial to have success in sport. So in this show, we talk with someone who has seen it all, but of course, with a particular fondness for golf. Our guest this week is Keith Duffy, the former senior product manager for footwear at FootJoy and the current principal for advanced concepts with a Kushnet. Hmm, that sounds interesting. Keith, it's always great to talk with you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Ralph. We always welcome our guests in their first visit to the range by starting with a simple question. How did golf enter into your life? Oh, wow. Um, Golf has been a big part of my life since I was, I think, eight or nine years old. I got my first set of clubs from uh, from my grandfather, who was my my idol. Uh, He was a very good, very good player himself. Uh, So I got my first set of clubs from him. He really introduced me to the game uh, and I got my uh, my first junior membership at Franklin Country Club in Franklin, Massachusetts when I was 10 years old. And uh, I'm one of those kids that you hear about that uh, mom and dad dropped them off at 630 in the morning and picked them up at 830 every night, played 54 holes a day type of kid. Um, it, it just I grew up loving the loving the game and, and had the benefit of, of being at Franklin where that membership really embraced junior golf and, and supported, supported us kids. I and mean, we had, you know, probably three or four groups of, of decent players out there every day. Um, and, you know, a lot of the, the older members would, would take us out, take us under their wing, teach us a, a, a few games to play on the golf course, taught us how to lose money. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but it, it was great to have their support. And um, my freshman year in high school, uh, Franklin high school team, uh, we won the state championship. All six of us, all six of our starting members uh, went on to play college golf uh, and all but one of us on that team played division one. Um, so uh, the other one was uh, played division three at, at Methodist, where I actually ended up graduating from. But I played division one college golf at, at UConn uh, my freshman year before I transferred to, to Methodist with my buddy. What uh, led you from the playing side to going into the golf business? Uh, at Methodist, you've got to do a, a summer internship every year. And I did all my internships at Pleasant Valley Country Club in Sutton, Massachusetts. Used to host a tour event uh, back when I was there. They hosted a tour event, I think, from the late 50s to maybe 1988 or 1999. Uh, when the event left, it was the CVS Charity Classic. Uh, and then uh, Brad Faxon still run in, or, or work with CVS running an event under that banner, uh, but at uh, Rhode Island Country Club, more of a, a one-day um, fun fun event. But it was a great place to, to work. Uh, had a great boss. My my boss at Pleasant Valley was uh, was Gary Young, 
who continues to be a very good close friend. He's a friend of mine. He's uh, now VP of rules out on the PGA tour. Um, but that's, uh, that's where I got really, f- I f- thought I wanted to be a golf pro when I transferred and went to Methodist. And then uh, when I got to Pleasant Valley, I realized quickly that, uh, that working in the golf shop and, uh, and caring about how well somebody else played the game, well, it didn't really interest me that much. <laughs> I, I didn't, uh, didn't care much for, for teaching. Um, so I got into golf administration. I thought that could be a path for me. Um, the, the scoreboard for the event was right outside of the pro shop. And John Andrews um, was the, I forget what his title was, but he was the guy on tour who did the, uh, if they don't do it anymore, but back in the day, there was that beautiful handwritten Mm -hmm. board and calligraphy. Uh, So I made good friends with John Andrews uh, and Mark Russell. Um, But John kind of showed me the ropes a little bit. And I, I taught myself how to, how to do that (laughs) uh, and, and, and do that, the, the fancy calligraphy and and artwork that, uh, that was so impressive. And, um, and so I kind of navigated a path into golf administration. I took a year off of school, did the USGA PJ Boatwright internship at uh, the Massachusetts Golf Association. It's now called Mass Golf. Um, and that led me to my first job out of school. When I went back and graduated, I was the uh, assistant tournament, tournament director for the Carolina section of the PGA. And I did that for a couple of years. And um, Worked with my relationship with uh, folks I knew at the USGA as well as the PGA Tour, and I, I started to get some phone calls to be a, a stand-in for uh, events that needed an official graphic artist or or a, a scorekeeper. You were that guy. And, uh, <laughs> I was that guy. So I I was starting to get more more and more calls to be flown around to different USGA championships or or PGA Tour events. Or back then it was Buy.com Tour. Now it's Corn Ferry Tour. Um, to do scoreboards. So I did, uh, did that for maybe a year or so as an independent contractor. And then, uh, that led me to, well, so doing that, I I left my job at the Carolina section to do that full time. Um, and that led me to move back home from the Carolinas to Massachusetts, where I started dating my, my now ex-wife and, uh, we were looking to get married and start a family. And, and I didn't think that, uh, that robust travel schedule, um, fit well with the kind of dad that I wanted to be and, and coach my kids sports. So lucky for me, uh, a Krishna company recruited heavily out of Methodist college or now Methodist university. And, um, and I got a job working at Titleist in 2003. Uh, it worked in worked in customer service for maybe three months or so uh, before an opportunity worked uh, opened up in the golf ball uh, marketing department. So moved over into golf ball shortly after that. Worked for uh, George Sign, who's now I think senior vice president or executive vice president of a Kushnet international. So he handles all Kushnet business outside of the U S uh, remains a good friend and mentor uh, and um, worked. It was a great learning experience working from uh, for him, just a, a really smart guy, very thoughtful um, and, uh, and certainly very successful. Um, great experience working there on the golf ball side. Um little bit different than uh, from a product management standpoint than than footwear 
Um, so it's, uh, in, uh, Titleist golf balls, it's, uh, I, my focus was packaging, um, and, uh, and worked on visual point of sale display. So that's kind of where I got my feet wet in product management. So, you know, I would write the product brief for a new in-store display and work with a third party display manufacturer and bring that to life. One of the, the other fun parts about working there was I was, uh, I got to, uh, manage the Pinnacle Cobra long drive team. So uh, became very good friends. This is back when a Krishna company owned Cobra and became very good friends. My counterpart on the Cobra side was Ben Showman uh, with Cobra, who recently was, was in the news with his, uh, mm-hmm. with his, uh, his comments after, uh, after Bryson at, uh, at the open championship. Uh, but Ben, uh, Ben is a very good friend of mine as well. And uh, we got to work with Jason Zubak and Dan Beaver and Art Selinger and Brian Pavlet and Eric Lestoka and all the, the legends of long drive. And I actually signed Jamie Sadlowski to his first professional endorsement contract with Pinnacle. Um, so that was, that was cool and fun. After a number of years with Titleist though, there was opportunities for you to really expand your knowledge, not just in the equipment side, but really in the product knowledge side in terms of international exposure. Yeah, for sure. So I, I, my, uh, wife at the time was pregnant with our second daughter. We're now we're, we have four, um, three girls and one boy. Um, but she was pregnant with our second daughter and, um, you know, we had just built a house and I was ambitious young fellow looking for some more opportunities. So, uh, tested the waters a little bit and actually ended up getting a job at, at Reebok. And at Reebok, I spent, it was, it was a brief tenure at Reebok, but in those 10 months, I got amazing experience. I was the product manager for cleated footwear. And so I did football, baseball, lacrosse and cricket and uh, good experience there. Worked with a lot of great people there and uh, had the opportunity to go to, to China four times and, and really get to know and understand uh, the manufacturing side of it and uh, and what really goes into designing and developing great footwear. Um, and uh, so that was a, a great 10 months and there was a, a big layoff at the organization and my boss had gotten let go. Uh, I was lucky to remain, uh, but he was let go and ended up working with a recruiter looking for his next opportunity. And he was working with a recruiter who was looking for uh, a good product manager that happened to be an avid hockey player and had a good understanding of the game of hockey. <laughs> um, so it, it, and, and um, he threw my name into the mix. He knew I was uh, hockey crazy, grew up playing hockey and golf. I was a four-year varsity letterman on, uh, on one of the best uh, public high school teams in, uh, in the state of Massachusetts and captain my senior year and, um, and still play today, uh, still play. And now I coach too. Um, but um, they were looking for somebody to take over and manage their, their skate business. Uh, and I jumped at the opportunity uh, and uh, it was a, a great, great experience. I spent seven years at Bauer, um, five years managing skates, and then I, uh, which was very, very much like uh, Titleist golf balls or FootJoy footwear dominant, you know, mm-hmm. number one market share position uh, at retail uh, and with consumers. And then number one, 
one position uh, in the NHL, much like titles, golf balls, and uh, and foot joy footwear. Um, so it uh, that was a, a great fit. Learned a lot. Worked with a lot of great people. Got to work with a lot of uh, NHL players. So I got that experience in in working with. Uh, the you know the player the, those who play the game at the highest level and, and working with them on their equipment needs uh so I, I got some some really great experience there and then uh took over the stick category uh after five years which sticks is the largest category in uh in the hockey equipment space and at the time bauer was number two uh when i left i'm happy to say we were number one um, which is good. So it, when I came into hockey, into the hockey space, Easton was still number one in stick, and and um, they had uh, they had a bit of troubles. And Bauer actually ended up acquiring Easton Baseball, and then hockey continued to fail. And we we acquired Easton more or less to to acquire a lot of their patents, and um, so managed the stick category. And and during my two year stick tenure also uh oversaw protective equipment so shin shoulder elbow uh pants and gloves all again just number about one. everything yeah <laughs> uh, no helmets i didn't i didn't do helmets when, when i was there or goalie um but all you know dominant nar- number one market share positions uh as well in those categories so i've been you know really lucky and then um mike foley who uh, was the is the former director of, of footwear here at Footjoy uh, is now a key member on our marketing team. Um, he and I were close from in my days at uh, at a Krishna company. He called one day in August of oh or April of '09, I think, and <clears throat> asked if I was interested in coming back to a Krishna company uh, and helping out with footwear. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I jumped at the opportunity. Um, to get back into golf. I love the game of hockey, um, but at that time was, I guess, ready for a new challenge, a change. Um, my commute going to Bauer Hockey in Exeter, New Hampshire, from uh, where I lived at the time in, in, in Braintree, Massachusetts, was was an hour and a half in the morning and two hours on the way home at night. So that, that was a lot of you know, in, in my kids were getting to the age where I was coaching more and more and, and, uh, and wanted to find a better work life balance, if you will, uh, so that I could be at all the practices and all the games. Um, so jumped at the opportunity. Brockton, Massachusetts is 12 minutes down the road from, uh, from where I was living then and, and 10 minutes from where I'm living now. Um, so it, it made complete sense. And it was just, uh, a great thing for me, not only to get back into golf and reconnect with so many of my friends at a Krishna company, um, but to just have that, that, that true work life balance where I can, you know, I can be the type of dad again, that, that, uh, that I want to be. And I think I am and, uh, and, and still give it my all and, and, and work and, and be blessed to work in one of the two sports that, that I grew up so passionate about uh, playing and being, being passionate about. It's so funny because uh, last year I spoke with Dean Snell, who had you know worked and developed golf balls for years, and the reason he ended up going to Titleist was because it was an easier commute from his aerospace job. <laughs> so it's it's funny that there are more than one person that has ended up at this company because well it made it a little bit easier to drive, and then oh things just happen to work out really well while there. And I can't help but think working with sticks the combination of materials that's used to create modern hockey sticks is so diverse that that really had to open your eyes to 
let's look at different materials and different options and see how we can apply them going forward. And of course, that carried over into your work with FootJoy. Yeah, there, there's no doubt. I, I, I think a you know, from a footwear product management perspective, I, I, I bring a little bit of a unique approach having the exposure of working in all those different categories and exposure to all those different materials. Um, and that's, I think, one of the things that that I've been trying to do since since I got here is, is let's look at things a little bit differently. Let's think outside the box and bring in materials that, that haven't necessarily been used in golf footwear before um, that can really help drive performance. You know, year after, it's a very competitive field that we're in uh, and we're competing against some of the industry giants in, in Nike and Adidas. And um, for us to, to, you know, be, uh, to, to, occupy this position that as number one is great. Um, the, my old boss, uh, at, uh, at Bauer used to say market share is rented, not owned. Um, so we want to make sure that, uh, you know, w- while we have this space, it's a, it's a, it's a big responsibility to make sure that, that we stay here at number one. So, uh, part of my new job now is, is, is exactly that looking at new opportunities, new materials, new ways of doing things so that we can, hopefully continue to move the goalpost a little bit um, and and maintain the share that we have, keep that level of consumer engagement and excitement and momentum that we have around the brand right now. It was an interesting time when you uh, came to FootJoy because they're widely known for the icon, for dry joys, but the sport was transitioning to more athletic profiles. Was that something that you had in mind when you first walked in the door? Uh, <laughs> when I walked in the door, I, I, I wanted to do everything that I could to, to, uh, to contribute. Um, and, and with product management, it's, it's different. You know, we, we work on a, a one to three year timeline, a uh, development timeline and, and building a business plan. So the first line that I actually really impacted, um, in terms of creating the, 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 uh, the product line architecture was 2019, um, 2016, I started in June, 2016. So that line was already baked. So I can't, can't lay claim to pro SL, um, <laughs> as, uh, as, as one of, uh, one of the wins that, that, uh, I was able to enjoy with the team. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, 2019 would have been my first line that I actually briefed was able to contribute uh, a decent amount on a few projects for 18. So Tor S was a big one that I took on right when I, right when I started uh, and I jumped into that and we there was a bunch of players on tour at the time, still wearing that old XPS one. It was out of the line, but we were still making it for some guys. Um, Jerry Kelly and DA points and, and Kevin Kisner, Duffner as well. Um, and we wanted to come out with our, with the most stable shoe that FootJoy has ever launched. And um, so right away, my first project was to, to jump out and engage with those players and, and talk about what they're looking for in their next generation product. If we were to take XPS one away from them and that's where Torres was born. And that's what Torres, you know, that's really, um, what spawned uh, Tor X, and we're getting ready next year. Uh, we just had our first sales meeting and launched internally uh, the product that will replace Tor X, which is a very exciting product as well. So I'm sure I'll be talking to that uh, about that with you at the PGA show this year. 
I have to imagine that even though you might not have been a part of Pro SL, the reaction within the building, wait, these the pros are actually going to wear non-cleated shoes and they're going to wear them all around the world on every tour? Had to be a shock. Yeah, it that was fun to watch. And it, it's <laughs> it's one of those things where it, you, you look back and, and you say, what, you know, wow, how lucky were we uh and mike foley who i mentioned earlier uh in the team here had the courage to um that that performance spikeless technology had originally launched on a shoe that we called dry joys casual if you remember that category and uh, it had modest success at retail it didn't blow the doors off but tour it was kind of a slow burn with tour players and a lot of tour players uh wore it the 2016 winner of the masters wore it adam scott wore it and i say 2016 winner because we don't have the rights to, to his name or likeness um but adam scott wore it he's a big influence in the locker room as well and it just started to really grow and then it, it seemed like overnight pro sl was just uh, you know on fire and not only on tour, but at, at retail. And I think at one time we might've had 12 different colorways available for the consumer in the catalog, uh, which speaks a lot to uh, the popularity of the category. And uh, at the, you know, so I started June, 2016, Chris Linder, our president started in August, 2016. And he laid out for all of us sort of his 2020 vision plan and where he wanted to go by category. And, you know, as a, as a new associate at that time, I, uh, I took it, you know, to heart and, and wanted to make sure that we achieve those goals by 2020. Uh, we had some, some business objectives and then we had some, some product objectives, objectives as well. And Chris is great and, and really understands performance technology and wants to make sure that we're the, the, uh, you know, the leading innovation, uh, brand in the golf footwear space. And, and, uh, and so I think we knew pretty quickly that pro SL was going to have a target on its back from our competitors and we wanted to move the goalpost a bit. And, uh, and that's why we, uh, that's where we, we set out to explore how can we raise the, you know, the level of performance here and add in a whole, whole new and very compelling um, material story at the same time. And that's how pro SL carbon was born. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously had some experience working with, with carbon fiber and uh, took uh, some members of the team here over to the, the JEC um, material show in Paris, France, which is the world's largest composite mm -hmm. show. You know, you've been to the PGA show. This is the PGA show on steroids. It's massive uh, that convention center in Paris. And um, we walked the floor, met a lot of vendors and, and really, you know, came up with a lot of ideas on how we can improve the performance of pro SL talked to a lot of tour players uh, about, uh, that wore pro SL and might've gone back to an icon or a dry joist tour. Um, and, you know, talk to them about, you know, if, if we could have made pro SL a little bit differently, what would have gotten you to stay? Uh, and by and large, more players, uh, were, were looking for something a little bit more stable. So we were able to, able to, to add a, a great technology story there with pro SL carbon last year. I think it's, it's, you know, uh, elevated um yeah, our average selling price with with pro sl certainly that that product sits at uh, at 199 at retail uh and the the regular versions at that at, at 170 so um you know it helped help really 
kind of grow that that ecosystem of the pro sl it's number one selling shoe on on my joys our legal team uh, uh was allowing us to say that you know the the hottest shoe in golf based on its uh its number one position on the pga tour most worn shoe on the pga tour and uh you know it it, it having the success it had at, at at retail so great story there with pro sl uh we're continuing to push the envelope with ProSL and ProSL Car- Carbon, uh, we've got a new uh, addition to the mix for 2022 as well that I think is going it, to surprise some people um, and and you know even grow that ProSL franchise even more. It's it's very important to to grow and nurture these franchises that we have. You know, it's uh, like Contour and and uh, and Dry Joys and ProSL, very important franchises that I think are going to be around for, you know, it, long, long after I'm gone. Um, but, you know, if, if myself and the rest of the team here can, uh, can make it a better place and, and, and do our job and leave the brand in good, good hands. But by the time we're moving on, then, then we did our job. Well, you talk about adding carbon or other concepts that are new, maybe aggressive, more athletic, however you want to phrase it. What kind of testing do they have to go through to make their way from a a sketchboard to being an actual shoe? I mean, there has to be a lot, especially when you're talking about something that's never been done before. Yeah, there, there's a lot, and and I think one of the things that that our brand is synonymous with is is quality. Um, it, you know, we go on consumer um, research trips, and we'll see guys wearing a a uh, FJ Sport, you know, that's ten years old, mm-hmm. that still looks like it. You know, it might have come off the shelf yesterday. Um, and, uh, so a quality is very important to us and we've got, uh, we've got a great lab and a lot of testing capabilities at our factory in, uh, in China, but we've got an amazing state of the art lab here in, in Brockton, Massachusetts as well, that we've, um, recently invested in significantly, um, where we're doing a lot of testing here on our own, um, in very golf specific testing. So there's the standardized tests that most footwear companies will do. Uh, and, you know, I don't want to give away the, the secret sauce on, on how we get to where we do, but every single one of our products goes through the same critical, critical protocol uh, from in lab testing to, to, to wear testing as well. We've got a network of over 2000 individuals on our, on our wear test list that we will ship footwear to, and they'll put, um, you know, a certain number of rounds on uh, on that pair of shoes fill out a questionnaire each pair of shoes comes back to FootJoy. we inspect them all uh and uh and and we look for for areas of opportunity to to improve so you know a new technology is probably three years from from start to finish assuming that that we get on the right path out of the gate. Some projects take longer than others. Uh, you know, in this new role, I, I can think of a, a handful of things that we're working on that, you know, if I had to guess right now, you, you'll probably see in five years. Um, and there are others that, uh, that are probably easier wins that you just need to, they need to pass the test, but based on mechanical properties and what we know about them, they'll probably, you'll probably see them in the next 18 to 24 months type of thing. Well, this year you launched two radically different shoes with the Hyperflex and the Premier Collection. First with the Hyperflex, this really is kind of the culmination 
of the growth of the athletic styling that we have seen over recent years. I mean, it really came together in this shoe. Yeah, there's uh, athletic is big uh, in uh, in golf footwear, and like I said earlier, we, we battle the two biggest in uh, in the athletic footwear game, and um, and it's I would say probably more of a challenge for FootJoy than it is for them because their looks are so accepted, and what they do with a lot of their design DNA is flush that through every single category that they're working on. Well, you know, we only have one category that we're working on and that's, that's, that's golf. Um, so we need to make sure that whatever we launch has a certain level of success in the marketplace so that we can, we can hit our business objectives. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, the past few years, we've been on a, on a great path, uh, and, you a category in really the opening price point range with flex has really set the stage for that. You know, it's a 90, $90 non-waterproof shoe. You know, when I started in 16, um, to think about FootJoy launching and having tremendous success with a non-waterproof spikeless athletic shoe was out of this world, but it shows you how fast the consumer moves and how fast you need to move with, with the consumer. Um, so we, we invested uh, in some new resources from a design standpoint uh, and really started to get after that athletic space um, in terms of providing a look that would be accepted by the consumer, but also providing a performance technology that differentiates us from everybody else. Let's not just, you know, make a sneaker and call it a golf shoe. Uh, we actually designed a, a, a true multi-surface traction technology with Versatrax and, uh, and put that on flex. And then we came out with a waterproof version. Uh, and that was really driven by, I think, trade and consumer asking for, asking for the waterproof. So flex XP followed quickly after flex, uh, and then hyperflex was a project that really started in 2017. Um, we work very closely with BOA. Uh, we're probably BOA's biggest partner in the golf footwear space. Uh, we've got the longest working relationship with them, having launched that real fit shoe in, I think, 2007 or 2008. Um, and we, uh, I was working with Jason Peters from BOA, who would be a great uh, interview for you as well, uh, and just talking about BOA and uh, and how they're doing in, in golf footwear in general. But um, we did an offsite with BOA. Um, at a, we rented a house on a beach in, in North Carolina in December 2017 and brought all the great minds from Footwear R&D at, uh, at FootJoy and all the great minds at BOA and sat and thought for three days with some guided conversations from from uh, a, a friend of ours on on how we could think a little bit differently around performance fit and how, how we could use BOA differently. And that's really where that idea for rapid uh, original originated with, uh, with BOA. We also wanted to, um, you know, we do a tremendous amount of studying of the marketplace and based on our analysis, um, you know, we had, had some good success with fury when, when it launched in 2019, mm -hmm. it was $170, very comfortable, good looking athletic shoe. Um, but we saw an opportunity to cast a little bit of a wider net, uh, and grow our share in athletic space by, uh, our goal really there was was launch a laced option for 150 bucks, and then we threw on the rapid system with Boa there as well, because it retails for 180. Um, 
but it amazing from a, a consumer acceptance standpoint with where you've got a, a very great technology um, from the midsole standpoint with, uh, with that stratophone that we have very soft, comfortable ride proprietary midsole technology that we have there and an engineered knit upper. Um, so, you know, not overly stable, not necessarily, you know, it's worn by tour players, uh, a few, but not necessarily designed and developed for, for the tour player. Um, but the, the acceptance from the consumer has been out of this world. Um, and you know, the fact that we wanted to, to, to push BOA as far as we did, and you've got, uh, you know, for the first time in our line, you've got, uh, 50, 50 from an assortment standpoint with BOA offerings and, and laced. So three BOA, three laced, and it just shows our commitment to not only that technology, but to our partnership with BOA and, uh, and looking at, um, new performance fit initiatives, not only for, 2021 but for 22 and beyond we've got some some fun stuff in the mix there as well no and it definitely shows the acceptance of it in the marketplace yeah it's it it's been widely accepted sell through has been amazing um it's been you know tough to keep in tough to keep in stock has certainly exceeded expectations and we're, we're more than pleased and, and very excited for um for the future and we've got you know, it's just the start. We've got a, another great new athletic option coming down the pipe for, for 22 that I think is, is going to surprise some people as well. And, uh, and hopefully sell as many or more, uh, as we did a Piperflex. Well, the premier series is just amazing. It really combines the classic foot joy style with modern technology. You could say that shoe is 40, 50 more years in the making. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> that's and it was a it was a big challenge and, and a little it, uh, made some folks inside our our office here a bit nervous. I bet. The, the idea um, came. It was it was a conversation with myself and and Mike Foley. Um, Justin Thomas had just won another event wearing icon and you know while it's a well it's a great shoe wasn't a shoe that we overly advertised and promoted it's my joys only volume wasn't massive um dry joys distribution at retail wasn't amazing um and we were seeing some competitive encroachment you know we hadn't really invested if you look at the the outsole tooling for icon and my joys both were over 10 years old um so i'm probably they were both probably before their time from from a technology standpoint uh and amazing you know and testament to the teams that worked on those that they lasted for as long as they did um but for a while it was kind of like dry joys is doing its thing we don't really need to touch that tour presence is great icon same thing and then seeing competitive encroachment in this classic space um was was another reason to to think and look at it a little bit differently we had uh you know if you combined we looked at the numbers at the time if you combined the number of icon wearers and the number of dry joys wearers and put them into one footwear category you'd have a new number one shoe on tour displacing pro sl um and that we thought would be a pretty big story that's a good uh, formula right there to start with. So that that was the formula. Uh, and and we went to work on that. And then we got out there and talked a lot with players that were wearing icon, players that were wearing dry joys tour. And we looked at 
you know, how can we build one shoe for all these players uh, and take advantage of what's going on um, with classic footwear designs in footwear in general, not just in the golf space, but, you know, you, you see other brands taking very classic designs and putting a new spin on them. You know, it's, that's why the, our project was called the modern classic, because not only did we want to supercharge this with, you know, 10 plus more years of, of better footwear making know-how um, and, and, uh, and performance technologies, but, but, uh, but let's bring these classic type of designs into, into the modern day um, and really go after those, those discerning golfers uh, who are looking for, you know, that ultimate performance product, but is, is really, you know, the uniform, if you will, for, for, for golf. Well, now you have a new role. You've alluded to it a few times, but the principle of advanced concepts, let's keep it simple for the audience. What does it mean? Uh, it, it means, uh, everything that we just talked about, I work on the stuff that happens before that makes it into a product brief really. Um, so there's a new senior product manager. Um, his name is Patrick Trubiano, wonderful guy came to us from, uh, came to us from new balance, uh, had a lot of experience in athletic as well as lifestyle, uh, while he was there, I think he was there maybe 15 years. He's taking over senior product management role. Uh, and then I'm really working on three to whenever years ahead, uh, on really the, the key areas of focus for us. So looking at area, different opportunities in traction in cushioning in materials in fit systems and closure systems and performance fit technologies, looking at our manufacturing processes, looking at how we test product, um, and, and really, you know, taking some big swings at, you know, far reaching ideas and learning from that, you know, uh, some of the stuff that we work on might never see the light of day, you know, and that's up to Patrick and, and the product management team now to say, okay, I like that idea, advanced concept team. I'm going to brief that into a product for 2026, assuming that you can get proof of concept and, you know, however much it, it costs to manufacture fits within where I want to market mm. this new product for the consumer. Um, so it's, it's fun. Um, you know, it's a, it's a brand new team. Uh, of folks that we've got in advanced concepts here. Uh, very excited uh, to get after it. We've just, like I, I think I said earlier, we made significant investments in our lab here uh, to get after um, testing in a very different way, um, enhancing our critical protocols and, and, uh, and really just the, the goal is to put more meat on the deck, if you will, in terms of ideas, um, for, for the new product management team to insert into the, the shoes you might see in store 18 to 24 months from now. No, I know you've already gotten people excited for 22. We can't get them too excited for 26 yet. They'll just go crazy waiting for those. We always wrap up our talks here on the range by jumping into the Wayback Machine. And on this journey, we have two questions for you. So first, is there a club, whether from your junior or competitive days, maybe more recently, 
for which you just have that special fond attachment. It may even be sitting somewhere prized in the house or that one club that's like, man, that was that was the one. Uh, so so growing, I'm gonna I'm gonna date myself now, but it, um my first set of my real first set of irons that were, you know, good irons. They weren't, you know, weren't a a set of McGregor's that were bought at at Kmart by, by, by mom and dad at Christmas. Um, you know, uh, it was the, uh, the Tommy armor, uh, 845s irons. Silver Scott. Yeah, man. When I got those, everybody in my group was, was jealous. Um, and then right in and around that day. So pretty much everybody I played with played 845s or DCI blacks, Titleist DCI blacks. Those were kind of the two go-to irons, but I've still got the 845s in the basement. So when I'm, when I'm down doing laundry every now and then I'll, I'll reach into my old tour bag and, and, and grab them out and and fill it there. They're there's, they'd probably still, still be great today. And finally, that one shoe from your years with FootJoy, as you think about it now, this is the one that is your prize. I know there's going to be more, but but at right now you've got one. The 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 prize would probably be Premier Series. Um, it, I think from a um, just from a response from the consumer and personally, it it, it fits the type of shoe that I like, if I'm going to be selfish here, if you're giving me that, that freedom to be a little selfish for a moment. Yeah. It, it fits, it fits my game, um, from a, from a stability standpoint, from a style standpoint, uh, I've always liked the look of a classically designed shoe before premier series. I was a dry joys tour guy. The white, white saddle is kind of same. And now I wear the, the Packard, uh, white, white saddle, uh, now in, in premier series, it's just, uh, it, fits fits my game from a stability standpoint fits the way that i want to show up on the first tee uh, i i like to dress a good game i used to be a pretty good player now i like to dress a good game so <laughs> we 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 all can do that at least yep so <laughs> it, that's that's got to be worth a shot or two well you've already lived quite the sporting career and there is a lot more to go thank you for always giving me insight into footwear and producing some amazing products and of course thanks for joining us here on the range Thanks, Ralph. That was Keith Duffy. And just imagine going from working on tournaments to the equipment world and seeing all the different growth areas in such a short time. It's a testament to his expertise that he has risen in the equipment industry so quickly. His insights are invaluable, and he definitely sees the trends as they begin to emerge. Before we go, the Olympics are going on in Japan, and the Men's Olympic Golf Tournament is about to get underway at the Kasumigaseki Country Club in Saitama, just outside of Tokyo. The biggest news this past weekend was the unfortunate announcement that the past two U.S. Open champions, Bryson DeChambeau and John Rahm, both tested positive for COVID-19, forcing them to miss this chance at a gold medal. To his credit, Patrick Reed immediately accepted the opportunity to play Olympic golf once again after finishing in a tie for 11th place in Rio in 2016. He won't be afforded any opportunity for a practice round, so he will approach it like a Monday qualifier and that should be interesting to see. One thing's for certain, he loves representing the United States. As for Bryson and John, to say the reactions to their positive tests were different would be an understatement. 
When Bryson tested positive, Golf Twitter made sure to pounce and pounce and pounce again, shaming him for the positive test. Suddenly, the criticisms went quiet when news of Rom's positive test went public. With all of John's COVID battles, it certainly put a different spin on the story. It really is too bad that a couple of the best golfers in the world will not be able to play, but who knows? Maybe an amazing story will come from it. We've discussed it before, this is no regular event, and the iconic prize of a gold medal puts a special shine in the Olympics that no other tournament can match. It should be awesome. We continue to share what's new in golf equipment, and you can find out the latest with the Golf Spotlight. We are dropping new features all the time, looking at clubs, accessories, footwear, and more. Go to thegolfspotlight.com, click on the YouTube subscribe button, and turn on those notifications so you never miss one of our exclusive features. There is a lot to catch up on. Stay up to date on the range by following us on Instagram at the Golf Spotlight. We are also on Twitter at Golf Spotlight, and we welcome your comments everywhere. You've listened this far, so subscribe to The Range and Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or iHeart. We have new shows dropping every Wednesday. That'll do it for this episode of The Range, so let's hit the course, but remember, as Casey Kasem used to say, keep your feet on the ground but keep reaching for the stars. It's a lot easier to do when you've got great golf shoes. And we'll talk to you next time, right here on The Range. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.